Pick and Pop listeners, welcome back to the podcast, and uh, the NBA is back, kinda, preseason games are back, we got the real season starting December 22nd, in about a week, um, so we got a couple things that have happened recently, been kind of a quiet week in the NBA, um, with the preseason starting, not too much to talk about, but something very big that happened was the Paul George extension. Max deal. Max deal. Charles, what do you think about this deal? Um, I think that if I can describe it in one word, I'm going to go with idiotic. Don't know why the Clippers would give a player like this that much money. He's coming off a um, terrible playoff performance. He's not going to be his MVP Thunder self or even Pacer self anytime soon or ever again. Um, he's 30 years old, and at the end of this contract, he's going to be 34, 35, and probably won't be – he'll be a shell of his former self. He's not going to be great. Um, I get that they might give him this contract to, like, put him in a trade asset to get a young player, but if I'm the Sacramento Kings and they offer me a trade that's De'Aaron Fox for Paul George, I'm not taking that because I want the young guy, not the guy who I have making all this money till he's 36 years old. So – I really think this was a dumb move by the Clippers. Um, unless they really finesse uh, another GM, then they're not going to get anything out of this Paul George player. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he is deserving of it just yet. I think he can get back to his MVP self, um, is close to it, MVP self in 2019, but I don't know if he'll ever get completely back to there. And after what he did in the playoffs, I don't think he's deserving of this at all. So I don't know why after that horrible playoff run, he gets this reward for it. Yeah, I think that it was really bad timing that he's playing awful and now he's going to get mega millions. It's smart for him because he doesn't know if he's going to be. I know. He he does. He could get injured next year. Yeah. And he, this no, is it's all very smart money. for him. Yeah. So the, obviously amazing, smart signing by Paul George to, you know, get his bag. Good, yeah, for, you, good for you, Paul George, but bad move by the Clippers organization. Yeah, what does this mean for Kawhi? Does it mean that he does he want to stay with Paul George? Does he maybe sign a long-term extension next? Or what's the deal with Kawhi there? Um, We've seen that uh, Kawhi and Paul George have gotten along pretty well together, so I think that this, if you're a Clippers fan, you can kind of make the assumption that um, your core is going to stick together for at least a couple more years. Paul George obviously is going to be here for till the lengthiness of his career. Yeah, I can't see Kawhi leaving and going anywhere, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a long-term extension or if he waits till the summer to sign um, a, a even bigger deal. Um, and for the Clippers, they lose Montrezl Harrell, um, who was a huge part of their uh, culture and offense. So it'll be interesting to see what Serge Ibaka brings, what Luke Kennard brings, and if Kawhi and PG can really get that chemistry well, and if Ty Lue can really get them to play to their full potential because obviously last year they were not playing to their full potential and this is um part of the what does this mean for Kawhi Leonard um I understand what you're saying but also that Kawhi Leonard 32 I think I mean in that range of you know I think he's maybe 29 in that range of getting up there in NBA age at least and I think that uh trying to build your core around people who are gonna be there for five years and then be you know bench warmers I think that that's not too smart of a move that's proving that they're win now and they're not really set for long term as they gave up all of their picks uh, the Clippers are in a really bad situation in my opinion oh I don't think they're in a bad situation I, but 
they have no young guys, and they're not going to get any young guys anytime yeah, but soon. Yeah, they, they have a very good chance to win a championship this for, year. Yeah, this year, and then they're not going to be good for another 10 years. Yeah, but you always try to get to a championship level, and when you have the opportunity, that's what you do. Especially for a team like the Clippers, who haven't ever gotten past the second round. Um, to this day. Yeah, to this day. Even Yeah, and they, they still do have a chance. I mean, say what you want about uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and... Patrick Beverly, but when you have Kawhi Leonard, you have a chance to make a deep run in the playoffs. Um, and I think this has to be the year because every team is getting better. Uh, the Nuggets will only get better. The Mavs will only get better. The Suns, the, the Jazz. Jazz, the Blazers. So it's going to be tough for the Clippers. And I think this was the right move getting him an extension. I don't think they – I think they overpaid him. Um, and I think it was a was bad timing for. I think that they could give him the same amount of money, but two years instead of five, or three right. years instead of five. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't have been mad at that. Um, I still would have been like, he's overpaid. Come on, he just came off a bad thing, a bad a bad playoff run. But five years for locking him up till he's thirty five is just not good. Um, moving on, um, preseason started. Um, I've watched part of some of the games, but obviously they're not really playing their star players um, to avoid the injury bug. But they've been pretty, you know, um, interesting, entertaining. Um, Wall and Boogie, they looked great together playing the Bulls. Um, how do you feel about that? I thought I thought DeMarcus Cousins, even more importantly, looked great. Um, and so did John Wall. John Wall had his burst back. It looked like he was very quick and um, very athletic. Uh, and it was exciting to see them play together for the first time since their Kentucky days. Uh, we can't really read too much into it because they were playing the Bulls. They built up a lead early. The Bulls' um, preseason roster. The Bulls, yes. Add to that. Um, but John Wall, 13 points in 18 minutes. Uh, and DeMarcus Cousins, 14 points in 14 minutes. Which has got to be a positive sign for the Rockets um, with James Harden not reporting for camp. If you can get these two guys to start to play w- well together and build that chemistry up, um, then that would be good for the Rockets this year. Yeah, I agree. That could really trigger Harden into being like, this team kind of good. That's pretty unlikely of a scenario, but, you know, you never do know. The NBA is constantly moving. Yeah, and Christian Wood didn't play in this game, so we didn't get to see their whole team. But we saw Eric Gordon, 16 points in 20 minutes, um, and a lot and a lot of their guys played. Um, P.J. Tucker didn't play, James Harden didn't play, and neither did Christian Wood. So when they get those guys in the, in the mix, I mean, the way that Wall and Cousins looked, I know it was just a preseason game, but if they play like that in the regular season, then the Rockets will be a playoff team. I agree. I think they're a playoff lock. In in my eyes, if Harden stays, I think that they are um, a five, six, seven, eight. Um, eight if Harden st- buys in, uh, yeah, eight's debatable. Um, five, six, seven, but in my eyes, they're not a s- real championship contender. How did you feel about the rookie debuts? About all of the rookie debuts, oh, especially uh, Lamelo Ball. Lamelo Ball, yeah. Uh, I, that was a game that I was trying that I was playing, paying close attention to. I wanted to see how he could perform on an NBA level. See if he was all talk and no skill. Obviously, um, I was um, I was not amazed, but I was you know surprised at, on how good he did. He proved, he showed to me, and he proved that he can play make on an NBA level. And I think that when he was in high school or when he was at college or for a short amount of time or Lithuania's dad's league, whatever wherever he was, except slam ball league, um, he didn't was not a playmaker. He was not a passer. He was a shoot first point guard. And now um, he's grown. He's 6'8", I'm pretty sure, on the level of, you know, that Ben Simmons kind of role. He can shoot. 
and he's a great playmaker. So I love LaMelo Ball. I'm excited to see how he performs this season. Yeah, I agree. Zero points, though, but more importantly, 10 assists and his team did not win. Um, how do you feel about the no fans? Do, do you think it's authentic? Um, I think it's. I think that the NBA needs to put a little bit of effort into uh, showing, like, at least – the NFL has done it perfectly. They're putting cardboard cutouts in the stands, and even then, a lot of NFL teams are allowing fans at a limited capacity or even just close family to the players and coaches. Um, I think that's what the NBA has to do. Seeing a huge tarp over all the stands just hurts me to my core. Um, the crowd, there's not a lot of crowd noise. I mean, there kind of is, but it's not very good. And be being able to see the stands the entire time is kind of throwing me off. But, I mean, I'm going to have to adjust to it because – there's not a lot they can really do about it except add the cardboard cutouts. Yeah, I think with the Jumbotron, they definitely need to make the fan noise a little bit more um, realistic. Realistic, And I think they'll do that because in preseason, there's not too many fans there anyway. Yeah. So. Speaking of preseason, um, saw the Jazz game. Jazz played the – shoot, who did the Jazz play? The Jazz played the Suns. Yeah, Jazz did play the Suns. That's totally forgot about that. Oh, I didn't. I knew the Jazz played, and I watched that game. Clarkson had 29. Nigel Williams-Goss had 20-plus. Derek Favors is looking good. That's coming from a Jazz fan who's not a big Clarkson fan. Clarkson had 19. Oh, sorry. 19, whatever. But he still looked very um, good. Yeah. 22 minutes. Sorry, my bad. And Derek Favors is looking really good. Uh, and that's coming from a Jazz fan who does not really like Derek Favors. So, hey. We'll see how the season goes for us. Yeah, and Chris Paul didn't play, so it wasn't the debut that everyone expected. Um, but we got Steph Curry coming back from his injury um, that played. Um, and we had, a f we have a few people coming back from injury, uh, today with the Brooklyn Nets, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. That should be an interesting game, uh, to watch. And Kawhi Leonard and <coughs> LeBron James, but they might not even play. Yeah, Kawhi, Paul George played on Friday, but not LeBron, and um, I, I don't expect him to play. Moving on to our NBA award, you know, predictions, um, um, I'm pretty sure me and Ryan have the same MVP, and that's going to be Luka. Doncic. Yeah, Luka Doncic. Um, and this kid looked amazing last year. Um, almost put up a triple-double, and I think he's going to do that this year. Same thing Russell Westbrook did. He's going to win the MVP. He's going to put up the points that we think he's going to, around 30, 35. I think he's just going to be dominant. Rick Carlisle is coaching him well, and he has a great supporting cast. Yeah. Definitely. I don't see anyone else that could really get MVP. I don't think Giannis will get it again um, because he he has won it the past two years. I don't know if voters will want to vote for him again. And I, I'm not sure if LeBron will win it because he'll probably sit out a few um, a few games. I, I'm not sure if there's any other real candidates. Yeah, I think the Luka. only candidates are there. It's Luka. Luka it, for me, it's Luka, LeBron, Giannis, Curry, maybe Harden. Um, AD. We'll see how Curry comes back. It's not going to be AD or LeBron because if two stars are on the same team, neither of them can win it. LeBron came close last year, but that was crazy. Uh, again, you said voter fatigue is going to screw you on sober. He's going to put up the numbers, but um, yeah, he's not going to repeat. Yeah, I agree. Rook I think Luka will be good. Rookie of the year, you can start us off. I got Obi Toppin. Interesting. Obi Toppin for my rookie of the year. Um, because the Knicks, I think he'll bring – I don't think he'll lead them to the playoffs, but I think he'll really – start to turn things around for the Knicks. And he's an especially good um, – he can do everything well, um, and he's a very exciting player. And I think with a team that he's really going to have to lead, and if they overachieve, 
which I think is a possibility. I wouldn't see why he wouldn't win Rookie of the Year because he's one of the most talented rookies in the league this year. Um, my rookie of the I, I like that take. It's a little bold. Obi Toppin was m- most people's first choice. I'm going to go with James Wiseman. That's bold, too. In my opinion, he is the most NBA-ready player in this whole draft class. I know that you can make the argument he played, like, four games at Memphis, but when he did play those four games, he looked amazing. He had uh, quite a few personal trainers who also trained for NBA players. He was really putting in the work and showed it in his highlights and his workout tapes that he is the most NBA-ready player. And I think Steph Curry feeding him the ball, Draymond Green feeding him the ball, anybody on that Warriors team, they're good players. You know, Steph Curry is amazing. Um, and Wiseman's just going to get all those paint touches. He can shoot the ball. Yeah, I think it's going to be James Wiseman. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be James and Wiseman because he won't really have the keys to the franchise like Toppin will or someone like LaMelo Ball. I wouldn't say Toppin he has the key to the franchise. Uh, Mitchell Robinson. Um, you got R.J. Barrett. I don't think Obi Toppin's even in that world. Yeah, but he Obi Toppin doesn't have as many people. He's going to be putting up 25 and 10. But with White. I, that's that's a little that's a little much. But Wiseman, it's he's in the same kind of situation as Edwards. He's got a good supporting cast. I can feed him the ball. They're both really NBA ready. I didn't pick Lamelo Ball because he's a little, you know, um, not. We'll see how consistent he's gonna be. But I'm gonna go with Wiseman. Okay. All right, most improved player. Um, for me, I got Michael Porter Jr. Um, in the playoff games that we saw him play, he played relatively good. Um, obviously he was going against my Jazz that I kind of were that I was dialed into that series um he played pretty good um he hasn't played a lot of games recently uh so he's gonna come in play all 72 I hope obviously don't wish injuries upon anybody I think he's gonna put up good numbers Jokic feeding him the ball um Murray said that um he's excited to get Porter Jr. in this offense and I think that that's really gonna show and he's gonna come home with the most improved player yeah I I don't think he comes home because he doesn't really play too much defense um, well, most improved, you know, he's improving. That's, yeah, that's he could what, improve. That's what the award's about. He could improve on defense. Um, but my pr- player, I think, will be the most improved player. It's OG Ananobi, who looked amazing in the Celtics-Raptors series. He was the second-best player in that series behind Kyle Lowry, um, on Toronto in that series behind Kyle Lowry. And I don't see any reason why he can't improve. His three-point shot is getting better. He's one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. And he's playing for a Toronto team that lost Serge Ibaka and Marc Gasol. So he's going to, when they're playing small ball, he's going to be the four and Pascal is going to be the five. So he's going to be a starter on that team, clearly. And he's going to have a lot more um, responsibilities on the offensive end and on the defensive end. And I think he'll really improve because I saw it in the playoffs that he had definitely improved. I, I totally agree. I think that he's a top five, even three perimeter defender in the league. And it's, it's really going to show. He needs to up his, you know playmaking and point scoring, but I think it's most improved. You know, he's going to do that, yeah. especially with Marcus Sol and Serge Ibaka out. He's going to be in the paint. He's going to get some, some buckets. We'll see how he does. Sixth man of the year, Brian, who you got? I got Terry Rozier. Very bold take. I have Terry Rozier, not because he's going to win it on the Hornets, but because he's going to get traded to a team and be the sixth man on that team. And even if he is on the Hornets, he will be the sixth man behind LaMelo Ball and Devontae Graham. And he put up 18 points a game last season. And there's not too many other sixth man of the year candidates. You obviously have the Lou Will, um, who could possibly start this year. Um, and Dennis Schroeder said he will, wants to start this year. Montrezl Harrell, we don't know what will happen with him. So I see Terry Rozier being that 
perfect spark plug off the bench. Whether he gets traded to a contender or even if he is for the Hornets leading that second unit, he's someone who can give you instant offense and instant defense as well. Um, one of the better rebounding guards in the league as well. So I think he'll be a very good sixth man this year, and I wouldn't be surprised if he wins it. That's why he's my pick. Yeah, I can agree with you on most of your takes. I just don't think that uh, – I don't think anybody really wants that Taylor Rozier contract. No, but if they trade him for, like, a pick or something. Because the but Hornets no don't to, need nobody him. Nobody wants to take up that cap space. My, uh, my sixth man of the year is going to be Derek Rose. This is if he does stay on the Pistons because I think on a lot of other teams he'd be the starter. Maybe still off the bench. I really do hope he gets traded to a contender. He doesn't deserve to be rotting in Detroit where uh, NBA players go to die. NBA centers go to die. <laughs> he said that uh, he's going to let Killian Hayes start over him. And he's going to let... Uh, Which I think is the right decision. Yeah, and definitely. He said he's going to mentor Killian Hayes to his best ability. And I think he's in Detroit, you know. He's going to come off the bench and put up 15 to 18 a game. Yeah, which isn't going to be hard when they don't have yeah. a lot of assets or players to put the ball up or pass the ball. So I think it's a pretty easy pick. Um, we'll see how he does. And I think if he wins this award, it's proving that he can come back from that injury. Um, and this might kind of seal his Hall of Fame case. Not... Not perfectly, but it really does bump him up. Um, an NBA championship would seal it, but sixth man of the year, it's, he's moving himself up the line. Yeah, definitely. And I, I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like the Lakers would want to trade for him because they have, obviously, their six-man shooter. Um, but he's only 32. Not only 32, but he could still give you two or three more quality years um, if he can stay healthy, which I think is a huge if. I don't know if he'll get traded to a contender, um, but... He will be very fun to watch, and I like your pick for Sixth Man of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year. We, I have Anthony Davis, and I think Charles has Anthony Davis as well. I do indeed have Anthony Davis. Um, I, I find it hard um, to believe that Anthony Davis didn't win the award this year. He was just so dominant in the bubble on the defensive end. One of the best um, rim protectors in the league, and he can even be a great perimeter defender as well. Um, very tall, he's about seven foot, um, and he's really the anchor of that defense in L.A. And if they go back-to-back or get somewhere close to it, I wouldn't be surprised if he wins Defensive Player of the Year because he's the most talented defender in the NBA. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think you said all that needs to be said. So I'm going to move on to my Coach of the Year, which is Brad Stevens, the coach of your Boston Celtics. He's never won it before. He's a young coach. He's got a great team. If the Celtics have a one or two seed, which is, you know, it's – doesn't have a high percentage of happening, but also doesn't have a low percentage of happening. Yeah. Kind of in the middle. There's a lot of what it's yeah. for every team. So I agree, and this team does have a legitimate case to get the one, two, one or two seed, and I would give it to Brad Stevens in my opinion. Again, he's never won it. He's a young coach. He's a great coach. Um, and Obviously, yeah, he's really developing his young guys amazingly. Who do you? Got? Yeah, especially if Kemba, with Kemba out, if they can really. We saw in 2018 when Kyrie and Gordon Hayward were out, he probably could have won Coach of the Year that year as well when he led them to the um, Eastern Conference Finals and they almost beat the Cavs. Um, and this year could be a case if they really overachieve, uh, which is definitely possible with Tatum and Brown only getting better. But my pick is the coach of the Phoenix Suns. It's Monty Williams. Um, I think NBA fans seem to associate team success with coaching success um but really for me I think Monty Williams was a huge reason why the Suns went 8-0 and he was someone who really um inspired them to play hard 
Uh, and we saw with all the Suns coaches Devin Booker has had, uh, none have been this good as Monty Williams. Uh, and I'd, I wouldn't see with the improvements, with the additions of Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, Jalen Smith, they'll only be better. And if he leads them to a top five seed in the West, he's my clear-cut favorite for Coach of the Year. I like that take. I like that take. Moving on to our second sport of the Pick and Pop podcast, the NFL. We're going to do our award predictions for them, for them, and then we're going to move on to our NFL picks for today. So, my MVP is going to go to um, the be- uh, my favorite player in the league currently. Best player in the league. Um, Patrick Mahomes. Yes. I've, as you know, I'm a Chiefs fan. I've been one since I was, you know, a baby or a toddler, whatever. Um, Patrick Mahomes is so good. I guess that you could look at the meaning of this, and it's called most valuable player, and Aaron Rodgers is more valuable to his team than uh, Patrick Mahomes is, but Mahomes is clear-cut the best player in the league, and I think that it's going to go to him either way. Yeah, I think there's a there's a case for Rodgers, there's a case for Dalvin Cook, there's a case for someone like Kamara, but it's definitely Mahomes. He's the best player in the league. Um, he's playing for the best team in the league, um, and without without Mahomes, I'm not sure where the Chiefs would be, uh, and I don't think you can give it to anyone but him, and the only reason that they would is for some sort of narrative, uh, whether it's like Aaron Rodgers or there's no way you can't give it to Patrick Mahomes, so that's I can't even, that's all I got to say. Offensive player of the year, Ryan, who do you have? Offensive player of the year, got Devontae Adams, offensive player of the year, who's been just lighting it up, who has scored 11 touchdowns in the last eight games and just been playing out of his mind, one of the best receivers in the game and playing for a winning Packers team who is going to make a run in the playoffs. And he's been explosive offensively. There's cases for guys like Dalvin Cook. Um, There's cases for guys like Alvin Kamara or Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey, Derrick Henry. But I think this guy has just been so consistently good and he's been scoring touchdowns at such a good rate, um, and he's been having monster games, and I think he's the offensive player of the year. Um, I like that take. I don't know if it's super realistic, but I do like it. Um, we'll see. I don't think that it's going to go to a receiver who has such a good – who isn't really leading his team as uh, the player I'm choosing, which is Dalvin Cook. The Vikings will be nowhere without Dalvin Cook. Um, when Adrian Peterson won the MVP um, back – I think eight years 2012, ago. 2012, yeah. Yeah, 2012. Um, he had worse stats than uh, what's his face. He had worse stats than Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook right now has 12, 1,250 yards, uh, as well as 13 touchdowns, 35 receptions, and he really, he really is dominating the running game uh, on every single defense in the league. He again, as I said, he already has more yards and and touchdowns and Adrian Peterson is MVP year. What's to say he can't win MVP? And I think he's not going to win MVP, but he's going to get this Offensive Player of the Year because he truly is the best, uh, in my opinion, probably the best running back in the league or at least top two. Yeah, and for this Vikings... The Vikings will be nowhere without him. For the Vikings to be 6-6 six and six, and even in playoff consideration is only because of Dalvin Cook. So that's, yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, I was trying to go a little bold with Devontae Adams. And it's also this is only week fourteen. Like yeah. there's three more weeks left in the yeah. season. We'll see how he performs. And if he, he's and only if, getting better. If Dalvin Cook can make a playoff push, if they make the playoffs, it's going to be because of Dalvin Cook, and he's the offensive player of the year. And he'll even be a candidate for MVP. I think he's the third candidate for MVP behind Rodgers and Mahomes. And then yeah, 
Defensive player of the year. Um, I guess I'll start this one out. I'm going to go with TJ Watt. Um, this year, he already has uh, 12 sacks on the season. Also, you know, season's still going. Um, 12 sacks is great. He's um, a linebacker that keeps that's pushing the quarterback. He has a great, he's really good blocker. Not a blocker, but really good at getting past blockers is what I mean. Um, good at rushing the quarterback. Good at pressuring the quarterback when he's in the pocket. And I think there's really nobody else that you can that you can say other than T.J. Watt. Um, he has one one pick on the season, which obviously isn't fantastic, but you know, 44 tackles, 12 12 sacks is just amazing, and a forced fumble at that. Yeah, my pick is Aaron Donald because he's really one of the best uh, pass rushers in the league. Um, T.J. Watt and Aaron Donald are very similar. He has uh, 12.5 sacks on the season, um, so it's it's it comes down to them too. But I think Aaron Donald is constantly getting double teamed. He's just a force um, that really scares quarterbacks, and he's the reason that the Rams have such a good defense, and he's the reason that they're always in games because he's put so much pressure on the QBs. We saw it against the Patriots. Um, even if he's not getting sacks, even if he's not getting forced fumbles, he's getting double teamed, which leads to one-on-one -on -one, um, opportunities for other defensive ends um, and pass rushers so that they can possibly get a sack or a forced fumble. So his, his value goes a little underrated for me because he just makes... You said a, Aaron Donald's value is underrated? Underrated. His value. Just because his stats aren't like, wow... Um, but he's he he gets a defense. He makes a defense so much better than it than it previously was. Obviously. Yeah. I like that take. Offensive rookie of the year. You can start us out. Who do you have? I've got Justin Herbert. Um, and I think you could say Justin Herbert or Jefferson. And if Joe Burrow stayed healthy, it probably it probably could have been him as well. Um, but the problem for the Justin Herbert is that he's not really winning football games. But he's putting up stats. Um, like we haven't really seen from a rookie, and he's such a good quarterback. He always finds open men, whether it's Keenan Allen um, or Mike Williams. And the Chargers, with such a bad coach, probably one of the worst coaches standing in the NFL. Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn. Uh, he's he's facing adversity, and he's putting up numbers, but they're obviously not winning. And he's he's really the only candidate for me. Obviously, you could say Justin Jefferson, who's been playing good too, but it's Herbert. Um, I have Justin Jefferson. I obviously, I think it's, if this means if I were to choose, I'd give it to Jefferson, but I think overall it's probably going to go to Herbert. I think Jeff Jefferson just passed Randy Moss in a rookie record for um, receiving yards. And speaking of receiving yards, he's fourth in the league in that. He's tied for 12th in touchdowns, and he is fourth in average per catch. He gets 17 yards. Um, every time he catches the ball. Yeah, he's a very And he also threat. only has the 21st amount of receptions, which is crazy for how many yards. He only has 61 receptions to 1,039 yards, which is crazy. He's catching a, a high percentage of his catchable balls, um, and he hasn't fumbled. He hasn't he, – he's just such a good player. It, it's actually insane to me how the Vikings got him in the middle of the first round when two, three receivers were taken above him. He's so good. Um, with a low amount of receptions, the amount of yards he has is insane. He's breaking rookie records left and right. And uh, he is part of the reason, him and Dalvin Cook are the two reasons, in my opinion, that this team is in playoff contention. Yeah, it's not, it's not Kirk Cousins. Definitely not. Uh, my pick for defensive 
defensive rookie of the year is Chase Young, um, who has not disappointed coming out of college as the second overall pick, and he's really anchored the Washington football team's defense, um, who's been playing great. They just beat the Steelers, and he gets he's had a few goal line stops. We saw it in the Steelers game against Benny Snell, um, where he uh, tackled him short of the goal line, and he's just super athletic, a great pass rusher, and he's only going to get better, and he's a huge reason why the football team are where they are right now. Yeah, I like that pick. For me, it was between uh, Chase Young, Jeremy Chin, and Antoine Winfield Jr., and I went with Winfield. Um, his stats don't really tell you who he is as a player. He has 44 solo tackles, which isn't great. Um, a fumble and a pick, again, isn't great. But he is so good at reading the quarterback's eyes at the safety position. He's really good at locking um, locking on the receivers when they're beaten by the cornerback. Amazing at zone coverage, and I think the Buccaneers defense wouldn't be um, – as decent as they're, they're not a, they're not an amazing defense, but they're a good defense. And good. I think they yeah, wouldn't be good. that good without Antoine Winfield. He really makes that safety unit. Um, again, plays great in man, plays great in zone. Obviously, not a lot of sacks. He has two sacks because he's a safety, but greater than the quarterback size, and in my opinion, the defensive rookie of the year. But I wouldn't be surprised if Chase Young won it. Coach of the Year, Brian Flores. Yeah, this I agree. Is, this isn't a surprise. He's going to win it. Um, he Nobody thought the Dolphins were going to do anything, and he's such an amazing coach. He's really pushing Tua to play his best. It's it's insane to me how good the Dolphins are. Yeah. I know. They're in playoff contention. In my opinion, they're not going to make it. The Ravens are going to make it over them. But they're going to fall just short, and Brian Flores is going to be the reason for that. Yeah. I, I thought coming into the season they were going to have a top five pick. Yeah, and I think something underrated is um, him pushing for Tua to start over Ryan Fitzpatrick, which probably wasn't too popular at the time, but now that we see how it played out now, Tua's been so great um, over these past few games, um, and he had a three-game win streak with them. And the Dolphins are just super overachieving. Um, Many people thought they'd be one of the worst teams in the league, which they have been for the past few years, and he's really gotten them to play really good um, and overachieve after coaching with the Patriots for a while. Um, uh, our last segment of our Pick and Pop podcast is our NFL picks. Yay, we do it every week. Let's do it right now. All right, first game, Titans-Jags. This is going to the Titans. Uh, Jaguars stink. There's not a lot you can say about this. Derrick Henry's a beast. Ryan Tannehill's great. AJ Brown's great. Corey Davis is great. I mean, and the Jags aren't great so yeah imagine if the Jags lost their first game we could have two 0 and 16 teams yeah they both stink both horrible well, Vikings Bucks um this game's gonna go to the Buccaneers I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings won it I'll tell you that I wouldn't either but the Buccaneers defense they're coming up at Buccaneers offense and defense they're coming off a bye they're well rested I think they're gonna come out and destroy the Vikings yeah I, I think it depends on where you catch them the Buccaneers could either go for 45 or they could go and just play horrible, and it, it really depends where they are. They're really a boomer bust team for me, um, but I'll take the Bucks just because their offensive firepower. Yeah, they're seven is and off five. The, the Vikings are six and six. That's one win off. Yeah, I think the Bucks are very overrated, but if they play to their potential, they can be one of the best teams in the league. Next, we got the Chiefs and Dolphins. Uh, the Chiefs are gonna win this game. Uh, not even a question in my mind. Dolphins are a good team, but the Chiefs are a heck of a lot better. So, yeah, this is an easy pick for me. Yeah, I think the Dolphins will put up a fight. I think they got a lot of fight in them. Their defense will um, play good, I'm guessing, because they, they have so played good. Um, 
but like Xavier Howard and a lot of their um, their secondaries been playing good. But there's no way you can stop the Chiefs. I mean, th- th- even if even if it's a close game, Patrick Mahomes is yeah. on the other team, so I don't see the Dolphins winning. <laughs> uh, Broncos Panthers. Um, I'm gonna take the Panthers in this game. Broncos looked terrible last week against the Chiefs. Um, Drew Locke is not shaped not to be a franchise quarterback, I'll tell you that. And the Panthers are going to win this game. Great receiving core, decent quarterback. McCaffrey's out, which sucks, because if they had McCaffrey, this would be a, book, uh, a lock win in my eyes. Damn, play, but, they'd but be a Mike playoff da- team. Mike Davis isn't bad. Mike no, Davis is not, not bad no, at all. But yeah, Bucks will be a playoff team if uh, – not Bucks. Panthers will be a playoff team, or uh, on-the-brink playoff yeah, team. Yeah, debatable. Yeah, I agree if, with you. If they had McCaffrey. Uh, I, I take the Panthers as well. I like Teddy Bridgewater a lot. Um Texans Bears. Give me the Texans in this game. Um, Will Fuller's out out for the season. Kenny Stills is injured. They're gonna rely on Kiki Kute and Who's who played good last week. Deshaun so. Watson. Deshaun Watson's amazing, but they're all playing they're all playing a good defense. Texans have a decent defense and Bears have a sucky offense, so we'll see how that yeah, turns out. Two good defenses though. Uh Cards versus Giants. This is gonna be the Cardinals. Cardinals are uh, have been on a big losing spree. And if they want to make the playoffs, they have to win this game. And they're going to come out. D-Up and Kyler are going to ball out, win this game against the Giants. I got the Giants. Whoa. Kyler does not look healthy. Um, he hurt his shoulder a few weeks ago, and he clearly hasn't been the same. Uh, they say he's healthy, but he doesn't look as w- as good. He's not rushing as much. Yeah, it's not Colt McCoy, so we got Danny Yeah, Dimes but Colt playing. McCoy killed Russell Wilson. So. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, not really. The defense did. Yeah, so if – and the the Seahawks are better than the Cardinals, and they beat the Cardinal, and they beat the Seahawks. So it'll be a close game, but I take the Giants. They're on like a five-game win streak, um, and they're playing very good. Yeah. They've won. Hard. They've won five of their. La- they've won five of their last, I think, um, seven or eight. And all from those two or three games that they lost, the deficit combined to six. So they're a good team. Yeah, they. And very imagine if they team. had Saquon. Yeah. They'd be a very good team with Saquon. Next game, we got the Cowboys and the Bengals. Give, give this to the Cowboys. Ryan Finley, um, he's actually been playing pretty good, but um, Cowboys defense stinks, so maybe Ryan Finley does really good. But I think the Cowboys are going to win. Their offense is pretty good. Uh, if they had Dak Prescott, obviously this would be a huge win. Um, but no. Andy Dalton's great. They have good receivers. Give me them. Zeke, hope Zeke plays good. Yeah, so. Joe Mixon isn't playing either, so I don't see any way that the Bengals win. Colts-Raiders, this will be a good game. Colts-Raiders, give me the Colts, definitely. Uh, uh, Colts defense is great. Raiders offense is, I mean, not amazing. Barely beat the Jets. Yeah, but they dominate, but they beat the Chiefs. I don't even know what's going on there. Inconsistent. They, yeah. they De- g- the, get no, destroyed they by play, the Falcons. Yeah, they play to their opponent's level. If they're playing the Chiefs, they're going to play like the Chiefs. If they're playing the Jets, they almost play, play like down them. to their opponent's level. They play yeah, worse when they're playing bad teams, and they play very good when they're playing good teams. Um, the Colts are going to beat them. Colts defense is great, and the Raiders defense stinks. Phillip Rivers is behind one of the best O-lines in the league, and I think with that, uh, he's going to get the ball off to Pittman and Hilton, and they're going to be great. Same with Ann Taylor and Hines, whatever. Jets Seahawks. Jamal Adams um, returns to the Jets. It's gonna be the Seahawks. I don't know. There's nothing that we can really say about this. Jets stink. So move on. All right. Yeah. Nothing we can say about that. But Russell Wilson has to play better. So I I think they'll win the game. But def- this has got to be a statement win. Packers versus Lions. Uh, give me the Packers in a blowout. I mean blowout. Lions have been playing awful. Um. Obviously just had a comeback win against the Bears, but the Bears stink. So yeah. Still no Galladay. But I don't really know. Yeah, no Galladay. Um, Stafford's really going to have to rely on Marvin Jones, and I don't like that. Give me the Packers. DeAndre Swift's hurt too, right? 
Um, we got Falcons Chargers. I'm ah. gonna take the Falcons. I mean, yeah, Falcons. I'm gonna take the Falcons, but we can't really trust the Falcons. Uh, but at the end of the day, they're just more talented. At They've the got Julio day, Jones. They've got Calvin Ridley. We can't trust the Chargers either, tell you yeah. what. So, These are know. two teams that blow leads very uh, common. Yeah, but I, I'm also going to take the Falcons. They're the better team. Yeah, Falcons definitely. Washington football team versus 49ers. Um, I'm going to take the football team. This is they just, They're coming off a huge win. And I think that if they don't win this game, uh, the Giants are going to pull ahead, depending on if they win or lose. And but the Giants have the tiebreaker, of course. So this is a huge. Yeah, give me the football the team. I think that the football team is going to win this game. I think they're not going to win it in a very, you know, good-looking fashion. But a win's a win. Doesn't matter how you get it. Yeah, Saints Eagles. It's going to be another blowout. Eagles stink. They're starting Jalen Hurts. Saints defense is pretty good. This is kind of self-explanatory. Yeah, definitely. Taysom Mills playing very well, and they still got one of the best running backs in the league. This is the Saints, and best wide receivers. Steelers Bills, very good game. Game of the week. Um, I'm gonna give it to the Bills. Steelers are coming off a terrible loss, and they're gonna get their second this week. Um, their their receivers need to put some Elmer's glue on their hands because they're oh, dropping yeah. every single pass. Their running game's not looking too great. Their defense is having a slow slump. Give me the Bills in this game. Yeah, I did think it was a close game, but I'm giving it to the Steelers. Um, I I don't know if I can really trust the Steelers, and I'm not sure if I can really trust the Bills either. Uh, but I think the Steelers just have the better team when it comes to everyone playing to their potential. But honestly, they're pretty even. I'm just going to give it a little bit of the edge to the Steelers uh, if they play to their full potential. But the Bills still have a very good wide receiver core with Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley and all those guys. Last game. This is the Monday night game. Huge game for the Ravens. Ravens versus Browns. Ravens are winning. Ravens are coming off a great win against the Cowboys. The Hollywood Brown and Lamar Jackson connection is coming back to life. Yes. The Ravens are going to win this game. Yes. I think that you can make an argument for the Browns, definitely. The Ravens' defense is amazing against the run, and that's what the Browns do. They rely on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and I think that the Ravens are going to stop that. Um, again, also their passing defense is great. They've invested a lot of their money into their defense, and it's going to pay off in this game. We'll see how Lamar does. And again, as I said, the Brown-Jackson connection is really, you know, growing as we saw in the Cowboys game. Yeah, they're going to definitely make Baker have to be the um, the reason that the Browns win. They're not going to let it be Chubb. They're not going to let it be Kareem Hunt. So Baker's going to have to prove that he can win a game by himself with this great uh, run defense by, um, for the Ravens. And the Ravens are pretty much all good to go and all clear with their covid um, outbreaks. They've got Lamar back, obviously. They've got Andrews back. They've got um, they got Dobbins back. Yep, they do. Yep. So they got Dobbins back. Um, I don't see a reason that they lose. Uh, but this is going to be a good game. If the Ravens lose this game, then I don't see a path for them to make the playoffs. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, thank you for listening to the Pick and Pop podcast. We always love to have you uh, listening, whether it be Spotify or Anchor or whatever whatever else we're on. Follow us on Instagram, pickin underscore pop. Have an amazing day. Me and Ryan love you. Goodbye. Later.